Disney can can point out the fact that they have what and what's going to end up being the most um, the highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, benefit folks for now. Say that. Yeah, but it took ten years to to topple Avatar. So yeah, you're not going to see another billion dollars in three weeks or three days movie for quite some not, time. Not Rise of the Skywalkers. No. No. Rise of the Skywalkers will top a, a billion, but it will not okay. hit two. Okay. I think the public is still see. a little too jumpy about the last couple of Star Wars films. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. Everything good down in Florida? Is it hot yet? It's hot, and we've already gotten into the raining every day at 3 p.m. Oh, really? Yes. And it's love bug season. It's, oh, yeah. We have them up here, but not as bad as, as you get them. Oh, yeah. You, they, I mean, you drive to clouds of them on the road. Yeah, it looks like... So anybody up north that doesn't know what love bugs are, they are little black bugs that fly around connected at the butt. And they swarm, and it looks like you're driving through black snow at times. Yes. It's that disgusting. They serve no purpose. They were supposed to. What were they supposed to do? They were supposed to manage the mosquito population. (laughs) However, they taste so bad that the um, their natural predators can't keep them in check. Oh. So they won't eat them. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And they will land on your car, like, and they're butt-fucking bugs and on the hood of your car. And they will eat through the paint finish. They will eat through the paint, so you have to wash it off as soon as you go through a cloud. Yep. Or that you see them on your car. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. The joys of living in Florida. Yeah, we we get them not nearly as bad, but they are still fucking annoying. Yeah. Um I don't know what the actual range is. Uh so and how far north they go? Yeah, how far I north think they go. they're gradually going further north. Are they? But I would think that if they go too much further north and they get a late freeze, then that would wipe them out. Uh, kind of keep them down here. Love bugs appear to be widespread, but most common in Texas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. By yeah, the, the south. By the end of the 20th century, the species had spread heavily to all areas bordering the Gulf of Mexico as well as Georgia and South Carolina. So the the southern half of the United States. Mm-hmm. So anybody who who's north of that, be happy. Uh, they've been recorded to have two flights that occur each year in which the insect has a total lifespan of about four to nine months depending on flight season. Mm-hmm. First flight during occurs during the months of April and May, and the second occurs in August and September. They generally last four to five weeks each time. Yes. And then each female love bug can lay as many as 100 to 350 eggs. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah. And they lay the eggs around decaying material on the top of, uh, on the top layer of ground soil. Mm-hmm. And then they hatch after two to four days, depending on flight season. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? They that their eggs hatch in just a few days. Yeah. Well, it's like what is it? The common housefly is like forty-eight hours or something. Yes. Like like the entire lifespan. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Once adults, lovebugs are ready to start copulating to begin reproducing. 
Adult male love bugs emerge first from the pupil stage and hover around until female love bugs emerge. <laughs> it's like hanging around till last call. Yeah. Mating between love bugs takes place immediately after emergence of the adult females. A male love bug copulates and will remain paired up until the female has been fully fertilized. And the copulation takes place for two to three days. Oof. Uh, I mean, like, if you're going to have a relationship, three days of straight fucking whatever. Sure. I wonder how many die on, like, from, like, being hit by cars and shit. I mean, nearly not enough, but... I was just going to say that. Not nearly <laughs> enough. Uh, science time with Dance Monkey Dance. There you go. Uh, See? You learned something. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's been an interesting week for um, for entertainment. It has? Yes. What do you mean? We lost yet another um, piece of our childhood. We did? Yes. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Jesus, John. That was last week. That's old news. It was between the time we talked last and talked yes. now, so it's, it's fair game. Um, All right. We lost another member of this Star Wars family with the gentle giant of Peter Mayhew. Mm-hmm. Um, died at... I, I, he was in his late 70s? 70, 73. 73? Yep. He passed away from a heart attack, according to his family. And it, it's... You know, it's really weird when time elapses between somebody dying and you finding out about it. Well, it was only about a day, wasn't it? It was It was a couple of days. All right. Uh, he died in April. Well, yeah, but it wasn't like April 29th and we found out on like May 1st. Mm, yeah, but that's... Two, that's two days. Two, three days. But think, They're going to have time to mourn. Yeah, but think about, think about when Carrie Fisher died. Well, that's different. I mean, Carrie Fisher was a huge star and you knew she was sick and... You know, no. you were just waiting for it. But Peter Mayhew, <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, maybe we place different importance on these people. Oh, uh, sure. As far as, like, you know, he was Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, he fit the costume. <laughs> yeah, but you got to admit that, like, somebody else that tall inhabiting that character, you don't get the same Chewbacca, right? You don't like Jonas? Junus? Well, the the only thing with Junus is the fact that he spent a shitload of time with Peter. Right. And and tried to mimic everything that Peter did. Which was smart. Yeah. So, I mean, he really is doing an homage to Peter Mayhew. Mm, okay. And, look, the dude made his, his career off of Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of credits besides Star Wars. Right. But... But he wasn't even an actor when he was cast. No, wasn't he like a... He was, he was, a, he was working in a hospital or something, right? I think so. And he was just the tallest person that they could find. Like I said, he fit the costume. Yeah. Apparently, he was given the choice between Chewbacca and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And he went with Chewbacca because he wanted to play a good guy. Sure. So, you know, you can't fault him for that. He was a hospital attendant. Yes. Born in 1944. Yep. Oh, IMDb has not been updated. Oh, now it has. Okay. Well, oh, didn't have him. As... <laughs> well, his bio says, now residing in Texas. Mm, well, uh, well, in the ground. Well, you know, they don't they, they don't update them very quickly. It it always amazes me how fast the the death date shows up though, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of sits there for a while. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I never I never met him personally. We we were by him a couple of times at MegaCon. Mm-hmm. Um. But you personally knew him. I worked with him for couple of years yeah yeah again rubbing elbows with giants this time literally a little giant yes yes he was the bfg so so you hear a lot of talk about 
from co-stars Harrison Ford wrote up a really nice thing um, mm-hmm. Mark Hamill wrote up a really nice thing George Lucas anybody who knew him said that he was the nicest guy on the planet would, mm-hmm. would you agree with that after having spent time with him um 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh a different perspective no I, I I do not want to speak ill of the dead okay um his okay. wife was wonderful <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But um, yeah, he got a reputation in later years for being very grumpy and bitter and not very good to fans. Oh, really? Unless a camera was on him. Uh, okay. Um, it see it seems like a lot of people, especially from Star Wars, end up that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Prowse. Um, yes. You know, Jeremy Bullock there are people that were were big in the Star Wars community that then that's kind of really all they have and I feel like that sours them at some point mm-hmm. and then they get a bad reputation right so hmm, okay yeah fair enough so yeah another another piece of my childhood now completely gone dead Dad, <laughs> who's next? Who's next? Next in Chris's childhood death poll? Oh Jesus, I don't know. Um, I was I was surprised how quickly Harrison Ford came out with something because he waited a while to talk about Carrie Fisher. Um, yeah, but you know, it was it, it was nice to see him active in the community. Sure. Um, I think he's softened a bit. So do I. I I think that now that his character is dead, he's happy. He's yeah. He's <laughs> he's like, I've gone back. I've done. I've redone Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner. Like, I've kind of redone everything that's kind of made me popular within that community. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of going with it now. Yeah. But Peter will be missed. Bye, Peter. His star meter is up by 6,024 points this week. Gee. <laughs> to number 18. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Huh? Good for him. <laughs> Continued success in the afterworld. <laughs> So another thing that came out this week was um, two minutes of a trailer that I will never get back for my life. Did you happen to see the Sonic trailer? I saw enough of it. (laughs) And I loved that the response was so hideous that they've decided to redo the movie. And so, so I heard that they were going to do that and, and, knowing what I know about the visual effects industry, that means that basically they're going to go back to the people that did it Mm -hmm. and request that they redo all their work for no more money. Sure. Well, they did a shit job, but it was approved. It was approved by the studio. It was approved by the director. That's what they were going for. So, I kind of feel like people need to go see the movie now to support the artists that are going to have to work for free. And then they're not going to get paid for all the, all the uh, bootlegs are going to come out. So, you know, (laughs) that's another thing. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it, I watched it. Um, a friend of mine at work was like, did you see the Sonic trailer? And I said, no, why is it? Is it fun? Is it at least like, Enjoyable, and he was like, "No," and like, "You're gonna watch it, and you're gonna want to rip your hair out." Mm-hmm. And it's Jim Carrey, who I guess is now just gonna be Jim Carrey. He's okay, going back to the well of, um, this is what everybody found funny in the early '90s about me. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna personify that now. Alrighty then. Yeah, well, kind of like that. 
So um, he, uh, it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, and then you look at the cast list, and it's the guy that was um, um, Cyclops in the first set of X Men movies, mm-hmm. James Marsden, who's yes. now in Westworld, mm-hmm. and he's like the main character besides Sonic, and okay his choice of movies has always baffled me because he was in the animated movie hop as well, where it mm-hmm. was live action mixed with animation. Oh, it was. Yes. Oh, I never saw. Hop. It's the story of the Easter bunny, but it's the yes, Easter bunny in the real world. Oh, and the Easter bunny is a 3d animated character and he's dealing with James Marsden. And I think, uh, Kaylee Cuoco was in it. Mm. And, um, um, E.B., which is the main character for Easter Bunny, is voiced by Russell Brand. Oh, okay. So it's it's an interesting... The kid, My kid loves it, and so every Easter we have to pull it out. But um, I don't know who is making these decisions for James Marsden, but he really needs to look into that. Huh. I mean, it's not going to be a Pikachu movie, but, you know. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was a good paycheck. Uh, it better have been. And, you know, he was, he had the summer off from doing Westworld. Well, I was, I was shocked to find out that like Westworld only comes out like once every two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not, I guess it just takes that long, but so other people that you would have heard of in, uh, the Sonic movie, Ben Schwartz is playing Sonic and that's, um, um. Oh, what's his name from Parks and Rec? Um. Fuck. What What is the character's name in Parks and Rec? John Raffio. That's what it oh, is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's the voice of Sonic. Oh, okay. Then you have Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik. Mm-hmm. James Marsden is Tom Wachowski, which I wonder if is some weird like Wachowski brothers or Wachowski Sisters. siblings well, thing. Um, Neil McDonough is in it. Okay. Um, Michael Hogan, who was in Battlestar Galactica. Like, it's just a bunch of weird people that have been thrown together together for this movie. Okay. So, I don't know. It's a strange time to be alive, I guess, now that they're just throwing all this shit at at the screen to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. I don't think Sonic Mm -hmm. is going to beat out Endgame for, like, highest grossing movie, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Could still happen. Does it have the tagline on here? Where's the tagline? Um, so the tagline for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is every hero has a Genesis. Get it? Sega Genesis? The budget is estimated at $90 million for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay. Woohoo. <laughs> so I'm I will be interested to see what what they will do with that. Um it also started me thinking about like if social media existed since the beginning of cinema, what other movies do you think would have been changed? Um because of a social media outreach. Uh, like hmm. I don't know. The one that kind of came to mind was Jaws 3. Oh, 3D. Yes. Yes. It was so badly done that the studio decided not to um, advertise the movie with any footage from the film. Yep. They did it all within like just shark fins in the water and swimming at the thing that said jaws 3d. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if like, if movies had the same level of not importance, but same level of, of public awareness in the early eighties that they do now, they would have to advertise that movie with more footage. And I wonder if people would have looked at that and said, that looks fucking terrible. What are you guys doing? And Mm. if that would have prompted a studio 
back then to say, oh, we got to fucking fix this. What about Howard the Duck? Mm, possibly. Okay. Possibly. I think Howard the Duck would have looked interesting in a trailer. I don't remember the trailer for Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that would have been the, something like where they would have cut it to make it look more family friendly and like more marketed towards kids. And it wasn't until you got there that you understood that there was a, a, a human female that was sleeping with a duck. Yes. Which was weird, but whatever. Whatever. They also released a, um, a, sp- a new Spider-Man trailer today. Did you watch it? I have not watched it yet. It's very interesting. They, the, okay. they put, um, um, Tom Holland in the front saying, look, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this trailer. Um, and the very first shot of the trailer is talking about the death of Tony Stark. Uh, so spoilers. If they listen <laughs> to this show, we spoiled the whole fucking thing last week. Right. Um, um, and the directors came out and said that the, that the thing for spoilers was done today on yes. Monday. So we don't have to say spoilers anymore. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be an interesting addition to what they did in, in Endgame. They want to kind of tie it directly to the events of it in Endgame. But I still think it's weird that Peter's entire class got dusted and then came back. And now it's like, ooh, we've we like missed five years, so we should go on a trip to to Europe. <laughs> to a theme? Yes. <laughs> oh, and there just happens to be an emergency in that in Europe. Oh, look at that. So yeah, I would I would say watch that if you get a chance. Hmm. Okay. That looks I pretty will. good. Yeah. All right. I will check it out. All right. So on to the main event. Yes. Uh, episode. What what are we on? Four. Yes. Game of Thrones aired this week. Yep. Um. It was a. I don't want to say lighter episode, but it was definitely brighter. Yes. Um. Yes. Okay. So before we get to the episode. I am absolutely shocked at the number of people who were ripping apart the Battle of Winterfell online. And I guess I shouldn't really be shocked because of like the troll mentality, but right. It was, it was interesting to see all of the negative comments, um, whether it be, Oh, it's too dark. There's no story. There's no, um, character development. You just have fighting and fighting and fighting. And it's like, they did two episodes before it that was all was talking, nothing but exposition mm-hmm. and character development. And to the point where it didn't matter who died, everybody had a, had closure at, at that point in their lives. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess it's just like people never being happy. Like nothing can make. Well, them yeah, happy. definitely. Well, and again, I mean, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback. They, mm-hmm. they, they will go in and say, "Oh, but the, you know, if he had done this, this would have been better." And they, mm-hmm. like, but he didn't. No, and you got what you got right, and and people are bitching about the writers, and it's like they're planning this shit out a year and a half ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing the best they can because we talked about it last week. Like I don't know how you keep all that shit straight as a director. It's 55 days of night shoots that you're trying to piece together this battle in. And, you know, the, the whole complaint about, oh, it was too dark. It's a nighttime battle. It's, mm-hmm. it's set in a place that doesn't have electricity. Things are going to be dark. Like, there's just... Uh, just like the fucking show or don't watch it. Right. But... This week was kind of the fallout. This week we got um, the official goodbye to a bunch of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I was just thinking the official goodbye was setting them on fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> yep. Everything burns in this world, so. Yep. Um, 
I think it would have been more ceremonial if the dragons had come, though. Oh, you know, you know like when you know when when a soldier dies and they do the missing man fly mm-hmm. formation. Like if the dragons had come down and like lit them on fire as a thank you for like helping them beat the beat the army sure. of the dead. Sure. That's probably too expensive. So they just, you know, held torches, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a very, very lengthy um, dinner scene mm-hmm. um, where they did this kind of cool thing where they they were able to have different conversations around, um, around, I guess it's a hall, uh, around the, the dining hall, mm-hmm. um, where they would follow characters between conversations. Yeah. And almost in like a one shot type thing. It wasn't a one shot, but like that same idea of keeping the camera moving and having, um, motivated camera movement and that stuff always impresses me too because you have to figure out all those moves ahead of time and right okay the hound's going to be sitting here so we need the chick to walk with the with the big thing of wine so that he can take that from her so then the camera can stop there and then that move to the next group of people and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so that was pretty cool and we'll get back to the the um to the to the dinner scene in a minute okay um but then we find out that ghost john's dog is alive or not dog he's a dire wolf he's a dire wolf Um, got his ear blown off though yeah got his ear ripped off like not looking great so instead of bringing him john sends him north with Tormund. yep and the internet exploded over that today about the fact that that he just let Ghost go and Ghost was there for him and and helped. He's him letting Ghost go to a better life. Uh, well, and that's what that's going to the Daisy Hill puppy farm. <laughs> and that was my thought. My thought was like Tormund's going to take care of him. And then it was like, plus to do the direwolf effects is pretty pricey. So you either get a big battle with dragons or you get a direwolf. Like kind of yeah. like pick your battles here. Um. So then there's a there's a nice flight scene with the dragons. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of the dragons starts to get lanced with these giant um, arrows. Yep. Turns out it's it's Euron and his fleet. Mm-hmm. When the dragon got hit the first time in the chest. It was the second time in two weeks watching watching this show that I audibly gasped. Yeah, I think I did too. Like, like just out of nowhere, like this this show has always been really good at um, action that happens out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the the battle at Hard Home started kind of out of nowhere. The the loot train attack started out of nowhere. The Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. kind of happened out of nowhere. So they're, they've always been really good with like the shock effect of you're not really sure what you're seeing and they don't cut away from it. There, there was an, a good 10 seconds of this dragon being shot repeatedly and then falling down into the water. And then, um, there's this epic kind of, one-sided battle where they start shooting at, at Daenerys's fleet, mm-hmm. which was amazing too. Because if you if you watch the behind-the-scenes thing they put up today on the HBO YouTube channel, um, that's all a one-shot with Peter Dinklage running across the deck, um, and then they just uh, CG'd in the explosions off of the. I don't even know what they're called. The big arrow things. They're um, big arrows. I don't know. Like if there was a technical name for them, like a lance or something. Um, but that was all done in one shot. It was all like Peter really falling down and like diving out of the way of things. Um, I'm sure you love the shot where he jumped into the water. Yes. <laughs> I, I really thought that, Tyrion was going to bite it 
when he's in the water and he hears the mast about to break and he looks up and it goes to black and I was like that was it <laughs> well see I think I think there's there hasn't ever been really a major character death that happens off screen right for Game of Thrones they've always it's always been up close and personal so when I saw it I was like oh maybe he got knocked out maybe my my initial thought was he was going to be the one that the the Greyjoy fleet took instead of Masande mm-hmm. and that maybe leading up to like whatever happens at the end of this episode like I could have seen him there instead and instead of him trying to get Cersei to release Masande, it would be um, um, Daenerys trying to get her her hand released, and mm-hmm. and maybe that's when he died. Um, but as soon as they wash up on shore and Grey Worm screaming for Masande, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. And you knew from the first time that you saw her up on the big wall that right she wasn't getting out of that no but i i was hoping she would have grabbed on to cersei and just ridden her down that's a lot of people were saying that a lot of people were like like that would have been the ultimate balls move of of game of thrones mm-hmm. if they just ended cersei there and everybody would have been like what the fuck yeah and then it's like kyburn or or euron who then has the big epic battle with them. Right. But I guess they've got to pay Cersei off with Jamie somehow. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed in what they did to Jamie this episode. That, yeah. They took every character redeeming quality of him and just threw it out the window and just shit on it. And poor Brienne. I mean, so, so what I, what I think of that moment, um, when he was when he was telling Brienne what he had done for Cersei, throwing Bran out the window or choking out his own cousin or whatever, yep. I think when he gets to the end and says she's hateful and so am I, he's not riding to go join her. He's riding to go kill her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to ultimately redeem him. It looks like he's throwing it all out the window. And I don't think you're going to see him until the moment where he sneaks up behind Cersei and stabs her in the back. Cause I think it's going to be full synergy all the way around of he stabbed the mad King in the back. He's going to stab the mad queen in the back and he'll probably die too at that point. Right. And maybe it's a thing of like the mountain kills him and then the hound shows up to kill the mountain. I don't know. Um, but I think that's where Jamie's redeeming um, moment is going to come from. And I think, you know, Brienne's probably, she probably comes south to see him do it. And then like he dies in her arms or something. Oh, and then no happy ending for Brienne. That's so sad, but at least she got a good deep dicking before, you know, <laughs> no, I think Brienne and Arya <laughs> go off together <laughs> where she's like, look, I tried a man. Let's uh, let's you and I get together and like Arya could ride on Brienne's back, and she could like put up a little saddle and just put her up there, and they ride off on the horse. That'd be funny. <laughs> it would be it would be like um, Master Blaster from yes Thunderdome. Yes. Oh, then they go off to fight in Thunderdome. There you go. And Brienne starts fighting bears, like in that one episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Arya's up there, like cheering her on. That'd be awesome. The Mad Max Game of Thrones crossover that nobody knew they needed. Exactly. That's episode seven. <laughs> We're not supposed to know about yet. Yeah. So I, the dude that I watch, doesn't talk about that anymore. So I'm thinking maybe he got some bad fucking intel and is just afraid uh. to say it. Okay. I hope there's something. Maybe there's a retrospective, like an hour-long retrospective of the whole show. Yeah. I don't know. 
But I mean, I I don't need a retrospective. I just need it to end. <laughs> I'm seriously, I I I I'm good. Yeah. Three more episodes, two more episodes, mm-hmm. and then I'm out. Okay. I don't have any interest in any of these sequel, prequel, whatever you want to call them, of which apparently there are three that they're working on. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's the biggest show on the planet right now. Sure. Of course, HBO is going to try to keep that wagon train moving. Mm-hmm. Will it be as good? Uh, probably not. I mean, I feel like a lot of what's going on with this show is directly tied into the producers and whether you like the producers or you don't, they have a handle on the story that a lot of storytellers don't have. And maybe it's from working with George R. R. Martin and them getting to a point where they were, they knew that they were going to have to end the show and the end books weren't written and they were like, this is what we're planning. How do you see this ending and taking all of that information and kind of crafting their own version of it. Right. Um, but I think without the strong showrunners, anything that comes after this is not going to be as well received. Sure. I think it's got awfully big shoes to fill and, and, yeah good possibility it's going to flop. Yeah. It's going to be a fear the walking dead and they're <laughs> going to try to keep the bitch alive even though it says DNR. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, probably. <sighs> so yeah, um everybody was fucking in this episode. This was a everybody gets busy um Pod, I don't know if you if you caught the little thing with Pod in the background, but Pod leaves with two women. Yes. Um. Um. Tormund leaves with a woman, not not Brienne, but Brienne winds up with Jamie. Yep. Um. We found out that Gilly is pregnant from Sam. Yep. So there's all kinds of like banging going on at, at Winterfell. Right. If that cast Tormund's gone. Tormund's gone. Sam and Gilly are gone. Are they, though? Or do they wind up... Do you think they accidentally end up in Westeros? You mean King's Landing? King's Landing. Yes, they are in Westeros. So, so I think we discussed this last week. The The second to last episode of every season always, has always been a big event. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the last one being kind of the fallout. Um, from that event. Right. Um, Walking Dead tried that this year and failed miserably, but Game mm-hmm. of Thrones has a reputation for being able to make that work. So I've got to think that the battle for King's Landing either finishes this week or the first half of um, the final episode. And some part of the last episode is devoted to what's happened to the characters since the battle of King's landing. And I think maybe you see these people again, what happened to Tormund and what, where's Gilly and, and Sam and little John or whatever they're going to name <laughs> the little girl or whatever. Yep. Um, but I think they, they kind of do that. I think they're going to, they're going to show you what's happened um, to your favorite characters and not just leave it as like, that's all you ever see of Sam again. Mm-hmm. Cause now they kind of have those, um, those fan bases of like characters. They want it, People want to know what happened to them. So, right. You know, I think that's kind of where that goes. Now, have you, have you seen, or given any thought to some of the theories that are going around the one that Daenerys is going to be the real villain or the one that Varys still has one last trick up his sleeve. Um, I think they, they worked very hard in this last episode to make, to push Daenerys 
to the point where she seems like she's a bad person. Mm -hmm. There's, they go out of their way to show you her looking around the room at her quote unquote allies who look like they're scheming. There's the thing with Tormund where he talks about John being a king Mm -hmm. and that kind of sets her off. There's the scene between her and John where she's telling him that the only way that it works between them is if they, if he never tells his secret to anybody, which he then turns around and tells everybody. Well, he, he tells his family who then in turn tells Tyrion because they know that Tyrion will do something with it. Mm -hmm. Um, whether Varys turns on her or not, I think it's within his character. Yes. That's always been him. He's always looked out for himself and he's always played the odds. And whenever he felt like he couldn't progress in the game of Thrones, he jumped ship to somewhere else. Right. That's why he left King's Landing. That's why he got with Daenerys. Um, anything can happen at this point. Nothing says that Daenerys is going to win the Game of Thrones, that it's going to be her sitting there yep. at the end of the show. Nothing that says John will be there. Maybe they pull some weird thing and, and um, um, Gendry shows back up and says, well, I'm actually Robert Baratheon's bastard son and I have a claim to the throne. Like, mm-hmm they've set a bunch of seeds in place so that you're not really sure how this is going to end. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that the white walkers were going to be down in King's landing and it was going to have to be some kind of giant battle where they were fighting both sides. Uh, That didn't happen. So who knows? I mean, at this point it could be anything. Um, but I think after Masande's death last night, there's not going to be anything that can stop Daenerys from trying to burn the city down. Um, I don't think Tyrion's going to be able to talk her out of it because he's a Lannister. His sister killed, had Masande killed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's now personal. The sure. one, the one thing that has me scratching my head right now is in the, in the trailer for next week's episode, there's a shot of Euron looking into the sky and looking, he's got like a baffled look on his face. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, I'm pretty sure that that second dragon is dead. Oh yeah. So I'm not sure what he's looking at other than like, he looks surprised. So with all those weapons that they have, would you be surprised to see a dragon in the sky? Like, I'm not sure. Like it's, it's really intriguing to know like what next week holds. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's what do you think of those theories? Well, I think it could be interesting if Varys has actually already struck a deal with Euron and that Euron's troops are actually his spies in uh, Cersei's court. Okay. But I don't know if that... I don't know what his motivation is. If he's actually trying to put Daenerys on the throne or he wants to put Jon on the throne, which is a stupid idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the most idiotic person in this entire show. <laughs> Um. So yeah. So I don't know. He's kind of the moral compass. Yeah. And the moral compass never makes it to the end. Right. He was the moral compass for bringing the wildlings across, and he got killed for it. Mm-hmm. He was the dude that could have just said to Cersei, um, um, just lied to her and said, "Yes, you're my queen. I won't come out of the north. Whatever." And then turned his back on her, but because he's an honorable, moral person, he had to say, no, I've already pledged my allegiance to Daenerys. Right. So uh, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. He's, he's definitely not king material. No, not at all. 
and he doesn't want to be a king. No, and so I don't know who that leaves because you know Cersei's not going to make it. You sure? We're not going to see a devastated um, battle scene where she's the only one left standing and she's become queen, but there's nobody left to rule? I mean, that would be ballsy. That would be super ballsy. Yeah. But is it the ending that they want? I mean, well, would it be de- divisive enough where HBO would take a hit with the next Game of Thrones TV show? I don't know. I think the next the next TV show is going to be so different that it's going to have to find its own audience. That I think that people are going to watch it just because it's Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It, 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 and it's always hard to speculate when they haven't, when all they've said is, oh yeah, we're working on something. Yeah. We're working on three things. Okay, what does that mean? Um, we know it's not the producers from um, this show. So, you know, once once we find out who who they've gotten for it, it'll be... Okay, so the according to the George R.R. R. Martin Internet Movie Database... There's a Max Borenstein Game of Thrones spinoff. Huh? Max Borenstein? Who is that? He is the writer of Godzilla. Oh, okay. And apparently he's going to be the head writer. So I'm assuming the showrunner. He also did Kong Skull Island. He did uh, Minority Report, the the actual TV show, not the movie. Okay. Um, so there's that one, and I guess Naomi Watts is in that one. Okay. She'll be starring in that one. There's the Carly Rae spinoff. Let's see who Carly Rae is. She is... The writer of Mad Men. The writer on Mad Men. Um, she's a writer on Westworld. The Leftovers. Uh, she's a producer on the new Watchmen TV show for HBO. Okay. So they're not going far. HBO's not going far. They're, they're using people that they definitely know. And then there's a Brian Cogman spinoff. And he is a one of the producers on Game of Thrones. He's a co-executive producer. Hmm. So they're keeping their their one foot grounded deeply into um, keeping kind of people there that have been there for a while. Okay. Um, he's an executive story editor and producer for 10 episodes. So uh, it doesn't look like he's worked there recently, but um, I don't know. He hasn't really done anything else. Um, Yeah, I've never heard of any of this other stuff. Mm. So, I don't know how he got the gig. Casting couch, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> so, so one of the things last night <clears throat> that has come to light is during the um, dining scene in Winterfell, uh-huh. there happens to be a shot where they show Daenerys... And sitting on the table next to her is a Starbucks coffee cup. Yes. Somebody sent me this, uh, sent me the picture today. And I immediately was like, somebody just Photoshopped that in. Like somebody's nope. trying to be funny. And then I went and I rewatched the scene 
Nope, it is dead set on the table. Yep. So things are good in in Winterfell <laughs> that they've opened a Starbucks. You know, <laughs> I think that's a good sign. Um, I think there was some debate as to whether or not it was coffee or herbal tea. Right. Um, HBO has come out and said it was a mistake. She ordered herbal tea. Yes. Um, I'm I'm happy that they have a sense of humor about it, that they didn't, you know, whatever. How do you think they misspelled her name? <laughs> they just D-A-N-N-Y? Put, yeah, they just put Danny on there. Yeah. Um, they have been working on this season for two years. The behind-the-scenes... Um, episode that they put online today talked about how this was actually one of the first things they shot for this season. They were kind of shooting things out of order. They knew that this had to happen. They had all the scripts so that they were shooting these 12 pages or whatever it was first, which means this footage has been in the can the longest. Mm -hmm. Somehow through all of the editing, all of the selecting of shots, all of the different versions of an episode that happened, the director cut, the producer cut, the TV cut, and then the final cut, people missed this cup on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, the continuity person should be fired. It absolutely amazes me that this happened. And well, yeah, and nobody during the scene noticed it and said something. See, I thought it would have been great if, at the as other people are talking, she's like just picking it up and sipping from it. Yeah, well, see, who knows who it was? Um, see, so you have the entire camera department, you have lighting, you have the actors, you have the producers, the executive producers who were there because they're in the scene. They play um, Northman with Tormund. Mm-hmm. You have all these people looking at this shot and then all the post-production people looking at the shot. And over two years, not one person noticed it. And not one person, or if they did, they didn't take the time in those two years to digitally edit out the coffee cup. Yep. One of the things that they just released... Um, that Adobe just released in their um, creative cloud update for after effects is a um, content aware fill plugin where basically you can take objects out of scenes by just lassoing them. And then it looks at the surrounding footage and it makes it disappear. Sure. To which today Adobe said, Hey, you should have just called us and they took it out of the scene. So I thought that was very, funny that Adobe's now calling out Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but it absolutely amazes me that that happened in a show this large. Mm-hmm. Millions of dollars an episode. They completely fucked this up. And you know it's going to be gone when they release it on DVD. Oh, of course. Now that, now that people have seen it, it'll become legend of like, there used to be a a coffee cup there. But do you think it will be in the extras? <laughs> Doctor scene is aired. <laughs> uh, who knows? There was in the in the original episode or in the original um se- in season 1 after Ned gets um beheaded. There is a shot where um Joffrey shows Sansa mm-hmm. his head up on the pike. Right. And in the original airing, there was a George Bush head, a George W. Bush head on a pike next to Ned's. Yes. Yes. They have since digitally altered it. But why? In the original, if you had bought, because I think at one time they were selling the episodes on like iTunes. Uh huh. If you get the, if you got the original ones off of iTunes, it's still the same. So all those people that have pulled the the episode last night and put it up on torrents and um, the VPN stuff, 
we'll be able to see the original. But if there if if there isn't a um, a commentary track for that scene where they're like, hey, guess what? We've royally fucked up here, and there was a coffee cup there, and you won't see it anymore because we changed it. If they can't fucking make fun of themselves, and they're taking themselves too seriously. Yes. But yeah, it was it was something else. I can't believe that that was that was in there. I mean, just the if if people don't understand how editing really works, you get a a what they call reels worth of footage where they'll take a scene and they'll cut it down into different takes and different scenes. Mm-hmm. And you go through it one by one to whatever the the director's notes are for which ones are the ones that he would like to use in his cut. And they throw it up on the screen and the, the editing screens in these places are like 80 inch um, LED screens. Mm-hmm. So there are these giant TVs up on the wall that you're, you're looking for color and noise and um, just the take in itself and the audio and how this fits into the scene. And the fact that it went through all of that and still wound up in that scene just completely blows my mind. Even if you're not going to blame the continuity person, right? Somebody along the way completely fucked up and maybe they just don't care. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the thing was, maybe they did see it and they said, nobody's ever going to notice because that shit happens too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back and you watch, I think it's the first season of Arrow. There are a ton of times when the boom mic enters frame. They just left it in there because they don't have um, the budget or whatever to digitally remove it, or um, they figured it'd be played on on a certain television, so it, the the overscan would take care of it and. No, there. If you watch it on Netflix, there are a bunch of times when this thing comes down in different episodes, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just—that's a low-budget TV show right there that they can't go back and fix that. But we're talking Game of Thrones, right? We're talking the, one of the biggest shows on the planet, millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars an episode, two years of of production and editing, and Starbucks gets a free product placement. Yeah. Maybe, oh, wait. What if, you know how in movies they will go to different countries and have them subsidize yes. the money for pro- for product placements? You mean like when they went to China for Transformers? Yes, and there's that scene where, um, oh, what's his name? Stanley Tucci stops in the middle of an action scene to drink milk. Right. And he, he literally goes, mm, that's good. And he's holding it up so you can see the label. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were running out of money and HBO went to Starbucks and said, how would you guys like to be in on the last season of game of Thrones? We just need some money. And they left it in. I think that's a conspiracy theory. We should start to spread. There you go. Who's going to stop us? Exactly. Because <laughs> we're on the internet. Nobody knows who we are. That's right. They can't trace it. Nope. If it's on the internet, it's real. That's why the Earth is flat. Yes. And the space landing was fake. That's right. And and vaccinations cause autism. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Dance Monkey Dance does not endorse the anti-vax movement. Sorry. No, we do not. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy is a moron. Yes. <laughs> if you if you take your your medical advice from Jenny McCarthy, you deserve whatever you get. Yep. Yep. Maybe so. I would agree. Yep. That's like um. If you ever read uh, the Pendulette book, Presto, how he lost his hundred pounds mm-hmm. the very first paragraph of the book is him saying 
if you take your medical weight loss advice from a Vegas juggler, you deserve to die. <laughs> this is what worked for him. Don't do this. And hundreds of people have done it, and, you know, they just ignore him, but whatever. That's how I feel about Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. You, 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 if your kid's going to get autism and then, you know, or die of measles because you don't want to vaccinate your kid. Sorry. Time, time for you to pay up. Yeah. See, maybe this is how survival of the fittest and natural selection is coming back. You know, we were, we've got all these cures for disease and people are living longer and longer. It's like, so what if the, you know, karma is just finding new ways to take care of it? <laughs> I mean, I, I really wanted that entire shipload of uh, Scientologists <laughs> to be like set adrift in the ocean. Never, never, ever to go into port again. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, do you remember when we were kids and the thought of the 21st century meant flying cars and robot butlers mm -hmm. and space exploration? And you don't have a robot butler? We're in 2019 and we have to tell people to vaccinate your kids and that the earth is round. At what point did we start to move backwards? Mm, yeah. As a society, we are completely stepping backwards. We are taking um, scientific fact, things that have been proven scientifically, and shitting on it because it doesn't jive with what you personally feel. Right. Like, what the fuck is that now? I, 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 I don't have a lot of hope for the future. Mm-hmm. We're doomed. <laughs> doomed, I say. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean, I, I... I used to follow the news very closely. I don't so much anymore because it's too fucking depressing. Mm -hmm. All the shit that's going on in Washington and all that shit that's going on, Ugh. like with the measles outbreaks and, mm -hmm. and, and like states specifically saying that your kid can't come to school unless they're vaccinated. Like what the fuck? Why are we? It's, it's common sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's never been proven that any of this stuff has ever caused any kind of health issues in vaccinations. You see these, these reports of, oh, it's got this in it and this in it and this in it. And it's like, okay, there's very specific explanations of why there are ingredients in these vaccines. Mm -hmm. And basically what people are saying is that they would rather have their child die of a preventable illness than have a kid with autism. Yep. And that's fucked up. If you're not going to love your kid no matter what and want to protect them to the point where you're willing to vaccinate them against preventable diseases, you're a fucked up person. And I don't want to see kids die but, you know, you can't, can't think nothing's going to happen to them. Right. You know, I see all this stuff online of like, like, they won't let my unvaccinated kid into the hospital. Well, okay. In that instance, they're not trying to protect your kid. They're trying to protect the people in the hospital that might be having immune deficiency disorders. Right. Who are susceptible to things like measles that will absolutely kill them. So stop thinking about yourself. Think about your kid for once. And these are all the same people that will, that will get rabies shots for their dogs every year because that's preventable. Sure. It's your fucking dog. Like this is your kid. Oh, all right. Sorry. You good now? Ah, oh, it's frustrating. 
absolutely frustrating. That's the world we live in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a weird place to end the show. Um, yes, it is. Um, uh, <laughs> we could talk about the new Whopper. Ooh, what's the new Whopper? It's made with an Impossible Burger. Have you ever tried one of those? I have. What's your take on it? I've never had the opportunity. Um, if I didn't know what I was eating, I would have been fooled. Really. Yes. Okay. But here's the deal with these Impossible Burgers that are vegan. Uh-huh. So the original Whopper has 660 calories. Right. With half of the calories coming from fast. Right. The Impossible Whopper has 630 calories, half of that from fast. And there's all this stuff in the, the plant-based burger to make it taste like meat. Hmm. And that stuff is not healthy. So it's not health food. It's one is the answer to get red meat out of people's diets. Okay. But it does nothing about the fat. And the other option is to let vegans eat beef, I guess. Or beef. Beef beef like products. Yes. Beef like products. But it's in no way better for you than. No, no. Than a slab of red meat. No. Huh. Okay. None whatsoever. So there you have it. Wow. Okay. I mean, I think I'd like to try one just to say that I've had one. Sure. But I mean, at the same time, I'd, uh, my, my favorite thing on the planet is a good cheeseburger. So. Right. Do you have Carl's burner? Carl's burger? Carl's junior by you? We have, um, what's the other name for them? Hardy's. Hardy's. We have Hardy's. I don't know if Hardee's has it, but Carl's Jr. has something called a Beyond Famous Star, which <laughs> okay. is a competitor of Impossible Burgers. And White Castle has Impossible Burgers. No, oh, we don't have White Castle for sure. Okay. Huh, okay. So, yeah, so there you go. Okay. See, we ended on, a, on an interesting note. Woohoo! Everybody should. So when are when are they rolling out these whoppers? By the end of the year, they By the say. End of the year? Okay. Yes. Okay. So at Christmas we'll reconvene. Yeah, I'm not eating it. <laughs> I'll 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 take it for the team. Okay, you can take it. I'll I'll eat it and see what happens. Well, hell, you eat veggie burgers with peanut butter, so. No, I don't. You don't? No. That's not me. Barbecue sauce? No. Mayo? No. I'm, I'm, I don't eat veggie burgers. Black bean burgers? I, I have in the past, but they're not my okay. favorite. Okay. And I never put peanut butter on them. Never? No. Never say never. No. All right. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. No. Yeah, sorry. <laughs>